My first rifle was a 243. Papa gave daddy and daddy gave to me. And they taught me how to shoot with a steady hand. I guess that's something you don't understand. Welcome to another episode with All American Wing Shooting Podcast. We have a special guest today, Todd Kellum with the UKC and you have been my friend from the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, a few years ago we met, huh? I think you had a UFTA event. UFTA, actually, yeah. At Rend Lake. It was. It was when that was my first nationals. Was it? Okay, so ironically, I'm going back to that same location next week uh, for our Shed Dog Nationals. Is it the same place? Oh my gosh, they are so good to us dog people. It, it's just a perfect setup for a dog event. It is. You know? It is. And they, how the staff at Ren Lake remembers everybody's names and ask about your yeah. dog, it blew my mind. Yeah, I just, the first time I went to that UFDA trial where you got everybody staying on site, you got mm -hmm. a bar restaurant on site, yep. you're loading dogs and going a mile down the road to run. It is just, there's not very many setups like that. No, it was special. So I, w I was on a podcast last night with Kai Larson and we were talking about oh. those <laughs> way back when the UFTA um, days when we first got started because he helped me get Mercy ready to run that game and took me to my first tournament. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. Times. I know it's so great that we've all been able to stay good friends. Oh, it's everybody's busy. I mean, you're doing different things, but there's always that the dog community gets pulled back together just through the dogs, right? And I remember when, remember when, and then it's like five hours later. <laughs> I know. I remember the funny thing was that that first weekend that I met you down there, I couldn't wait to talk about shotgun shooting. Right? Oh, yeah. So I've been oh, shooting yes. targets. I've been shooting targets for a long time. I had played ski exclusively for many years, and then I started shooting sporting clays. That was another 10 years. When I went back to ski, I was a wreck. I could not break a low house eight. And to this day, to this day, I still can't. And that was never a problem for me. In my first 10 years of shooting ski, it was not a problem. And now it's just in my head. I know my coach is going to kill me for saying this, but because I just learned things and tackled things as they came to me with nobody mentoring me or telling me like what the end goal was, was going to be, or even asking me what I wanted to do. Because honestly, if an opportunity opened, I just went through it, right? Not realizing there was so much to get involved with. So I learned sporting clays, the technique of sporting clays before I mastered wing shooting, even though I had the heart of a wing shooter. Gotcha. So I tell everybody now, okay, if you are going to, if you're just learning to hunt or if you're getting your kids started, they have got to learn instinctual shooting first before you throw these techniques in there. And so many people have no idea what we're even talking about, that there are different ways of shooting different presentations. Oh, yeah. So once you get into, and, and I get all geeked up about that just as much as I do dog training, but 
yeah, the sporting clay world, it delays my shot. I ride birds too long, all this stuff. But you know, <laughs> I was thinking about like, what are we going to talk about? Because we could talk about till the sun goes down. Yeah. Some things. But we, I always want to talk to you about dogs because that's yeah. your world, right? Right, right. But I thought about, I would have never been as successful, even though I had been able to run so many rock star dogs, if I had not had such an amazing foundation in shooting. Yeah, that's a, that's a roadblock for a lot of new people. Mm -hmm. It is. They could have the best dog and it's a, that's a struggle for a lot of people. Well, I wonder how many rock star dogs are just laying on the couch because people don't know what they have. That's part of that's true, too. Oh, which brings up another point. That, didn't you tell me that your first hunting dog was a red bone coonhound? <laughs> yeah, Honey Bell. I got to run out of high school. <laughs> I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Did you hunt? Did you hunt her or was she just no, a pet? No, I wanted to. She was just a pet and that was that was worse than getting a short hair and thinking you're going to make them a pet, right? I mean, I didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> but my two best buddies in high school, Zach Pittman, Zach Filial, Zach Pittman's family is from Blue Ridge. Okay, that is like coon country, right on the state line in the mountains of Georgia and Tennessee. Yeah. And he said... Papa Brownie has this litter of dogs. Let's go up there. And he was going to get one. Well, we all come back with a puppy. <laughs> and I had no business having that dog. None. None at all. And so, yes, I, I, she didn't stay with me for forever. I ended up putting her in the home with the right person. But yeah. I mean, I had people stealing her out of my yard. I mean, it was it was a crazy it was a crazy thing with that dog because she was so beautiful and nobody really around here was familiar with them. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, she did get stolen and I found her, got her back. And I was like, she needs more activity than me as a teenager can offer. I'm yeah. like, what in the world? You know, the other yeah. guys that got dogs, they lived on big farms. So their dogs are fine. Yeah. They're going to hunt her probably. But I started with red bone coonhounds too. Really? No, not that wasn't my first dog, but that was my first coonhound. When I started coon hunting, it was Redbones, and went on to own all the different coonhound breeds eventually. But yeah, always a soft spot in my heart for Redbones. I'm telling you, I I don't want to go on one of those hunts because I think I could get sucked into that world real fast. <laughs> yeah, you would. The only problem is it doesn't mix. Back then, when I was when I was coon hunting, you could I, at that age I could coon hunt all night and I could run, you know pheasant hunt or grouse hunt all day the next day and i cannot do it anymore so coon hunting just doesn't mix unless you are <laughs> just coon hunting yeah you gotta spend the, the next day recovering oh yeah exactly okay so <clears throat> we've been we were wanting to do this during season because you were camped out mm. in the grouse woods yeah yeah oh, i really wanted to do it i want well obviously i wanted to do it live I always like to do these podcasts live if it works out. But uh, yeah, so September 15th is our grouse opener. I have a cabin in Northern Michigan and I pretty much stay up there from well, the whole first half of the bird season, you know? So I could have given you an up-to-date report and helped, every, helped everybody out with a, with a game report, but we had a good season. Did you get out? 
Did you grouse hunt this year? No, and it's uh, it's so hard. Me and Kyle were talking about that last night too because he has only been one time. Oh. One of his clients and good friends is in Wisconsin, so he went, I guess it was last year, not this past season, the season before. Maybe it was this last year. And all I'm doing is sitting there. I mean, I got to do things I've never done before, so I'm not really complaining, you know. Um, yeah. But there's just something special about the Northwoods. Yeah, I remember you saying that, and I couldn't agree more. Obviously, that's where I, that's my headquarters, and that's what I love, but that made it made me feel good to hear you say that because that's how I, that's how I see it too. Well, I had to admit that I've only shot like limits with a lab. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I guess going North really did change my entire opinion and experience about everything that I've ever known about bird dogs. You know, I mean, in the South and quail hunting, you have your tradition and your expectation and people don't really deviate from that, you know? Yeah, so that's right. I had a sheltered knowledge that I was very <laughs> opinionated about before, you know, I broke out of the Mason Dixon. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, yeah, the, season, the season started out good. You know, we had, we had lots of broods and uh, I thought, you know, it's going to be an average above average season last year for me and i don't know as it developed uh you know I, I i wouldn't say at the end of the year it was above average that's for sure but so much of that is food source dependent right you probably saw that too and um we had the early early grouse foods but we didn't have acorns and so you need those late season late season food sources to finish strong and i we didn't have that in my area then the, the birds get scattered and they're just hard to find. Weather's been really weird. Yeah. Dry in places and we fight gypsy moss up here, which strip our oaks in the middle of the summer and then they don't produce an acorn crop. And that's what killed us. Well, there's, there's always next season. We just hope for a better one, right? Oh yeah. Heck yeah. So you're working with the organization that is like all about the games and they provide so many opportunities for all kinds of dogs. Do you play games with your dogs? Oh, you know what? I figured you might ask that. The day may come when I will, because it looks like fun, but it looks think, like think, fun. Well, and when I'm there, right, I'm at those events and I'm cheering people on and I'm there to answer questions. I'm not there to run my dog. That wouldn't be right. And when I work 25 weekends a year, going to a dog event, what do you think I'm going to do on my weekend off? I'm going, I'm going to load my dogs and go to the cabin. I'm yeah. not turning around and going to a dog event that next weekend that I have off. But someday, someday when I hang it up, I would like to get, I'd like to play some of those games to go see people that I've met over the years. And I think it'd be fun at that point. Well, I regret that I never got into Nux. I mean, that's not too late. It's not too late, but my seasons of life are dictated by the kids. Yeah. So we finally got JC in an adult world. She hasn't graduated college yet, but she wants a retriever. But go. Taterbug's the dog girl, you know, and she's she's ready. She's shooting with my coach every week. She just graduated oh, cool. to the course I shoot that I was oh, taught cool. on yesterday. And 
she's ready to get back into um, the HRC. Yeah, you said something about that, that you were looking at strongly at HRC for your next, I don't know, your next venture, right? You haven't done a lot with HRC up to this point? I have not. Um, Taterbug ran AKC in Wisconsin uh, two summers ago, and we loved that. And as much as I ran the retriever side, um, strictly just labs, you know, but having those skills in the field make hunting so much more fun. It gave oh. me an appreciation for the training and just the time, the lifestyle that these trainers live and the, yeah. and how much they love every dog. Oh yeah. So you know, yeah. that's a huge, that's a huge part of that game. And uh, I love it. So HRC, well, to back up a little bit, I started at UKC in 1988 and HRC had only started a few years before that. So I've been involved with HRC for most of their most of their time and it's a it's just a great great organization still growing um how's gosh. the youth numbers there because i know so many ladies like it's so welcoming from my perspective for women and kids it is and they do special camps for them you know special camps for women only where there's women instructors who can ask questions that they might be apprehensive to ask to someone else and and the youth camps you know, they got the DNR out there and they got someone teaching the blow duck calls and they got uh, dogs, there, dogs there for people to, you know, for kids to handle broke dogs. And yeah, that they do a great job. You know, so this is what I think people just don't understand the opportunities for families to get involved with their hunting dog that, you know, the dad may have his dog and it's a family dog and everybody loves it. Nobody wants it to go off to training and that kind of thing. But if they understood all these opportunities with all these different games where they could participate as a family. And yeah. I want to tell you, I was so disappointed. You know, we come from the horse world <laughs> and everybody's got like the, the barn colors, the matching grooming bags <laughs> and tack bags and all this stuff. So when we got into the dogs, I thought it was going to be like, well, I mean, I'm coming from UFTA and BDC, right? So I'm thinking everything's a yeah. tailgate party. <laughs> <laughs> this is just, you know, you're supporting your dog and your trainers running your dog the majority of the time. And you're there for like moral support. That's That was my idea. So I'm thinking, okay, we need to get like team shirts with the dog's names and koozies. And, <laughs> and I'm like, this, this is this is they're missing like the fun factor sometimes like they're so serious you know and then the the owners don't even come and watch their dog i'm like how in the world yeah. do they not come and watch this like yeah, it's some of them incredible don't. to watch yeah. what these trainers do with the dogs and people miss it they don't even know so i don't know it was probably helpful to the trainers that the owners are not there all the time yeah. but well, yeah. you're going to, when you get started, you're going to get started with a local club and you will have that club will be getting together, you know, weekly or monthly for training days for club members where you're going to get to go run through mock setups and you and the girls will get to run a dog, you know, when it's not under pressure and not a licensed event and they're going to be so helpful to you. Everybody's helpful because it's pass fail. It's not yeah. a field trial where you're trying to beat somebody else. So even right. at an event, 
they're loaning each other stuff if you need something and it's you know so supportive oh it is and we live in like perfect training ground for this so i would definitely like I, i'm ready to get involved we've littles only has her up one training so i started yeah. the whole whistle sit and stuff because the training for both would work in my game like i've won several titles because these dogs were able like i was able to handle them you know getting a double yeah. in the field and them only mark one bird or whatever so she just she's just um two and i'm not set up for it and then and then i got above my pay grade you know when it comes to that level of training yeah, yeah. so i've got a friend that's gonna loan us their master dog that tater has ran while she's getting finished and okay and like that was what happened in the akc is that we made buddies with an alabama guy that would went summer up there and run dogs and the next thing i know he's pulling dogs off his trailer letting tater run them and he's just <laughs> like honey this is their name and just go up there and run them like you did the one before and i'm like we just <laughs> met this guy at the test and tater's uh, already dogs you know it was it was awesome because you know, it was the junior level and the dog's a master hunter and she can't mess right. it up. And the owners right. love getting more ribbons and it was fine. No, that's exactly what it is. But the yeah. reason why we loved the HRC was because it is more of like the hunting mentality where people are hunting their dogs and they are enjoying the testing in the off season. And we're shooting, shooting real shotguns. Yeah. We're wearing camo. Yeah. You know, it is authentic. It is, if nothing else, it is authentic. Well, I think Tater's going to love it. And the and I want to advertise more for people that don't know what to do in the off season. You miss it, right? Right. If you don't. You know, there there are solutions out there, um, and the kids have a blast. And it's not that expensive when you look at right. how much people are spending on team sports these days. And <laughs> yeah. So you're going to want to get an 870 shotgun, right? Get get familiar with an 870 if you're not already, or if Tater's not, you better you better pick up an 870 just to I know her coach is going to cringe. Every test is running an 870. He's going to so you, just so you know. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that we have JC's. JC's the one that started with the 870. Tater went straight in. She, well, she started with the um, Rossi 410. Yeah. She's killed more pheasants with that little single <laughs> shot. <laughs> uh, and then fun. Demas just upgraded her to um there's like a youth size Stevens 20 gauge. Okay. And she is slamming clays with that gun. So that's what she's shooting right now. But yeah, she, you might you can check into it because I believe when you go to a weekend test like that, I believe if you get it cleared with the hunt test committee, you can use a gun that's familiar. As long as I think as long as it's a pump gun. It can be a youth version or it can be a different brand, I believe. Check that out. Yeah, I'll just have to break out the one downstairs and <laughs> figure it out, kid. Yeah, fun. Yeah. Well. What else is going on in the HRC world? You guys have a new podcast. Yeah, so UKC does have a podcast. Now, I'm, I'm actually in this podcast studio this morning at the office. Uh, it's been fun. It's been a learning experience. You've been doing it longer than I have. And uh, there's a team of us here, the different program directors, all get involved. And 
So we're alternating each week. One week will be a coonhound episode. The next week will be beagles, pointing dog, retrievers, squirrel dogs. So we try and bounce around between all those different sports. And yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. I that's all I listen to in my truck now. So you know, I I've got opinions on oh, I like this about certain podcasts or. I don't like something else, but I got to get you up here. I know. So I now, know. We, now we do one here on yours. And uh, so then when you're coming through Michigan, I want to get you here in the studio and do one at UKC. That will be my excuse to come to grouse camp. There you go. Yeah, there you go. That would be fun. Yeah. But yeah, I, there's, a, there's a lot going on. I guess the biggest news relevant to your listener base is uh slightly old news now but over a little over a year ago ukc acquired american field and field dog stuff up really and that was yeah that was probably the biggest thing that i've been able to be involved in in my whole career at ukc american field was you know that that is the most respected pointing dog field trial that's the bible pointing dogs oh man Heck yeah. yeah so it was the one segment that UKC at the time was not strong in. You know, I had my, I had started our own program that mostly got uh, well reception from the French Brittany people. Mm -hmm. And that program was, is excellent and a great group of people and great dogs. Uh, and then the affiliate, the tournament style affiliates, U UFTA, BDC, NASTRA, you know, they came in. So the, we had a pretty strong base there. But that big, big segment of pointing dogs was out there. And when it was, when it became available to me, I was like, yep, I want it. So, so there's a thousand pointing dog clubs and a 2000 events overnight. And it made UKC now the oldest registry in the country because American Field was established in 1874, which was well before American Kennel Club. So yeah, that was such a big acquisition for us. And, and honestly, it's it's just been a little over a year. We're still learning it, becoming familiar with the people and the dogs and the clubs and, but things are going very well. That is very exciting to have that tradition continue on like with the fresh eyes and more expansion. Oh. And that's super exciting. Have you been to one? Have you been to an, an all age pointing dog trial on horseback? No, I have been to the location. I have been to the museum, but you live I right in right the heart of the, it. But I'm never here. <laughs> oh my god! You, you have to take the girls because I know you all ride. So you have to take the girls and ride one of those braces behind two all-age dogs, and you will be blown away. First of all, just the, the dog power itself. But you're gonna love riding the walking horses. You know, you're not on a trail. You're going down ditches and through rivers and up over train tracks. And they're like the four-wheel drive of horses. Yeah. And it's it, smooth, too. You gotta, you've got to take the girls and go to one. But, yeah, what a tradition. And it just, it was a perfect fit for United Kennel Club to acquire American Field because our two companies were very much aligned, you know, for more than 100 years. American Field and UKC both put working dogs first. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm, 
I know we have some pet dogs and we have some dog shows, but working dogs are first at United Kennel Club, always have been, and they are, they were with American Field also. So for those two companies to eventually come together, it was, I was so happy. Okay, you bring this up. I gotta tell you, so I, my parents, we all live on the same property and you know, we eat a lot of dinners together. It's, it's a lot of fun to share your day with them. And they have started a whole new business in retirement. So it's my mom's first like, entrepreneur experience so I, I love hearing their stories well i'll go over there last night and taters this uh, the traditional thing like duck dynasty comes on the tv and we just sit on the couch and catch up All right my dad's like out of the blue he's like you know what dog's number one sought after dog in the states now and i'm like what do you mean like it's not a lab he says nope it's not a lab anymore and i'm like the short hair actually beat it. Like what? You know, he said, it's one of those little Frenchies. And I'm like, you are kidding. And he's like, nope, I'm not kidding. I heard it on the radio. I'm like, I don't know what station you're listening to, but they have got to be wrong. I Googled it and it popped up and I'm like, there is no way that little dog is no. going to outdo the okay, lab. Let's, no, so let's say though, got, in the pet, in the pet yeah. world, in the pet world, in the strictly pet market, that would not surprise me if that is the number one. That's what it says. Let me let me read you what it said. I couldn't the believe it. The number one pet variety is could be French Bulldog. I said number one dog breed. It says right here, French Bulldogs have become the United States' most prevalent dog breed, ending Labrador Retriever's record breaking 31 years at the top says the AKC. It announced it on Wednesday. That was yesterday, 22 hours ago. He heard it yesterday. Couldn't wait to tell me. Okay, that's the AKC. This is the UKC. So no, French Bulldog is not number one as he far as- He didn't know that it was the AKC and he didn't tell me <laughs> that part. He just said he heard it on the radio. So I was like, there is no way this little French Bulldog is be is better or more in demand than a lab. That does surprise me. I had not heard that yet, and I will admit that surprises me as well. But but you're right. They should have thrown in pet breeds. I mean, yeah, how do you even compare a, that? Yeah, they're they're missing a, a lots of working dog segments there. You know that are not at American Kennel Club. All the hunting English pointers and English setters, or the vast majority of hunting English pointers and English setters, were at American Field which is now here with us. So, yeah. you know, the different, the different registries have skewed points as far as, you know, the popularity of breeds. Who's popular. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we're debunking this right now. <laughs> don't go out and get a, no, I'm not gonna say don't go get a Frenchie. I'm not anti-Frenchie. I've never even been around one, I don't think. We have, um, we have a, a girl that's imported a bunch of them and breeds them here in our town, but man, I don't want a dog that needs that much maintenance. I don't want a dog that has yeah. to be groomed ever again. <laughs> I like, I got it made. Like my dogs swim, they're dried in an hour and life goes on. Well, and you can do everything with them. I mean, you have, you know, two of the most versatile breeds. You could play every, almost every game that UKC offers, you can play. I know, 
okay. So that's what Kai was talking about last night. He got on the whole versatile dog kick. Yeah. You know, he never says anything until he opens up. And then <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, there's there's no coming back now. But he's like, a real versatile dog plays multiple games, not just one game. And everybody just wants to play one game and not prove their versatile dog. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so hard. But, yeah, it would be hard, but so and I, I get it. If you're going to want to play different games, you might want to stay focused. If you're playing at the top level of any of them, you may want to do that one for a while and stay focused just to keep your dog right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But then after a while, you can go run that. You can go run your Grand Hunter Retriever champion. I guarantee he will convert to picking up sh antler sheds in a day. He, he could go the next weekend and be successful. I saw at, that um, post somewhere. At a uh, shed dog was, trial. I think it was on y'all's Instagram about, about teaching your dog about shed hunting. It's Yeah, the transition is so easy. And... um yeah, so I would encourage that. Why wouldn't why wouldn't people do that? And let's say someone's an upland bird hunter and they hunt their dog all fall. If they're not playing sports, uh, if they're not playing um, dog sports, pointing dog dog sports in the spring, why wouldn't they go to a shed trial? Or why aren't they wild shed hunting, going out looking for antlers and walking around all afternoon with your dog? I've been doing it the last month. It's it's a great great thing to do to get outside and get the dogs out. And, <laughs> They pick up on it. They pick up on it so fast. I know. And I'm the parent that like t is taking Tater to school this morning. And I'm like, <laughs> have I ever told you that you're my favorite kid? It is so much fun that we love the same things. <laughs> we got your sister out of the house. We don't have to worry about horses anymore. We can just spend all our afternoons running dogs, throwing bumpers in the pond, going to the clay course. Like how great is life? That's perfect. And JC just rolls her eyes, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so, so there is there's a there's a lot of opportunity, you know. People get their dog registered at UKC. It'll open up a lot of doors for you. There's a lot of a lot of cool organizations that are affiliated with us, and um, you know by by being affiliated with us, when you title out in those organizations, your titles go on your UKC pedigree. Right. Right. So those are preserved forever. Where before those organizations were affiliated, they were issuing titles, but they were just out there. You know, I guess people could handwrite them in on a pedigree, but you know, now that they're affiliated with UKC, those titles are all verified and um, they're preserved for generation and generation. And that's how we breed better dogs. Yeah, that, that transition happened right when I came into the game. Like that was, yeah. that was your job then to come in and talk about the importance of adding UKC and, and how all of us in UFTA, we all joined as members so that if you were lucky enough to take home a title and a paycheck, right. you also, you know, got to add some letters to your dog's name. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what we do. So it, it's worked out. It's worked out very good for those organizations and for UKC. So it's, uh, it's been fun. It's been a fun project. Well, I love it. I'm so grateful for what you guys do and and keep these sports alive because it's probably the best family fun you could ever have joining these dog <laughs> games. No, I have to agree with you. I have to agree, especially especially when you think of it as as an off season activity. Uh, let's. I think all of us that got started in games, we all started as hunters. 
I mean, I don't I know didn't. too many. I See, didn't. I you're... started in UFTA first before I ever got to go hunt. I, uh, all I do three quail in the quickest amount of time. It had to be less than 12 <laughs> minutes. And I only got six shells. That was all I knew. Yeah. yeah. But that's unique because most people start out like I did in a hunting family with hunting dogs. And, and then you, eventually you're like, you hear about the sports and you're like, I want to go try my dog at that. You know, that's, that's the evolution. And when we talk about American field and the all age, you know, that, that is, those dogs are, are big running top performing dogs. The guys that's, that are there now, they all started down. I don't want to say down, but they started at a different level, like yeah. with Nastra or UFTA. And you start at those, those types of games and you get into field trial and get you in your blood. Then you, you know, then the, the higher, you know, the big running dogs and the whole sport is just so cool that that's the evolution. So that's why it's important at all levels. Yeah. And you, and you know, like I just don't have the desire to do the field trial stuff. Um, but I'll tell you what was so special that I experienced up North that we don't have in the South. I mean, UFTA is a club that is like that, but the hunt clubs up where you guys are tend to have their own tournament club too. And so what is so awesome about that is there's generations of people that have been members of a hunt club that are also out there tournament hunting and putting points on their dog and winning trophies within their club. And um, so there's just, there's multiple levels of how to get involved because you can't always travel, which up there it's a little different because there's so much public land. Oh my gosh, so, yeah. But you you spend that one weekend a month at your tournament at the hunt club just so that you can catch up and hear about everybody else's hunting season and then yeah. you go you know back to the grouse woods and i just enjoyed the heck out of that yeah it's a special that's a special place at that time of year up here that is for sure the colors and the you know the wild birds you can't you can't even raise those birds in captivity that's what makes them so special you know grouse and woodcock they're <laughs> uh, it's just a special bird so in the spring, you know, one of the things I have coming up in the spring is that I, we banned woodcock chicks in the spring. So I, I take my same dogs that I hunt with in the fall, my setters, and in the spring, we're using them to point woodcock hens and find their chicks and get their chicks banded. So now that's, you know, there's another addition to my season is technically a spring and a fall season. So it's, that's really cool too. So the website is, is it UKC.org? UKCdogs.com. .com. Okay. So I did look at that and it's all of these um, opportunities are laid out pretty easy. So anybody that's listening to this, it's so easy to find how to get connected and to find a local club and. Yeah. And keep in mind, Anna, you and I have only really touched on all of our hunting programs this, on this episode, but we have a, you know, the sister side to our hunting ops um, is a dog sports team that puts on equally as many working dog sports that are not hunting related, say dock jumping. Mm, okay. For the herding. A lot of, right. Well, we don't have herding specifically, but dock jumping and weight pulling and 
obedience and rally and oh, so many different, lots of different family events to go again, take your dog and do something with your dog, get outside. So on those events, is the training as important? Like, it, it, do they are the, are there options to, for the pro trainer and to and to have yeah. your dog prepared for those events? Yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, there's a there's a game called precision coursing, coursing being where a dog follows a lure. You know, uh, sometimes it's in a big open field where they run greyhounds, but we have this new sport called precision coursing that's in an area. Let's say. I don't know, 30 yard, 40 yards wide by 40 yards long, it's in a fence. And there's a little rat lure that goes through there around turns and stuff. When we introduced that at a dog show, so people had never seen it, never trained on it, never done it. That line was 20 dogs deep for a whole weekend. People saying, I want to try it. Hold on, is this with like the little Jack Russells? Every breed, every single breed that we register. All, all breeds, Dobermans, German Shepherds, Labrador Retreat, you name it, every breed. And that line is 20 dogs deep for a whole weekend. And those dogs are going in there and they're being successful at it. And the people love it. So yeah, there's all, no, you don't have to have a perfectly trained dog to come out to one of these events, right? There's something for people to do at every level. Where are most of these held? Oh, clubs all around the country. So there you talk about the website, you go on the website and you click on those different games and it'll tell you the upcoming events list, where the clubs are, what the dates are. I am um, not letting Tater find this episode. She'll be like, <laughs> we're going back to homeschool, load up the dogs, we're hitting the road. This is too much fun. If you, if, if anybody wants to see it all in one place, UKC hosts an event here in Kalamazoo, Michigan, every summer, uh, it's usually around Father's Day weekend. So June, it's called Premier, and it is, it's at the Kalamazoo County Fairgrounds. I think there's 8,000 en dogs entered, 8,000 entries, not 8,000 different dogs, but 8,000 entries, and they're doing every sport that we do, aside from the hunting sports, mm -hmm. simultane simultaneously. So you and the girls, you walk around, you oh got every, every dog, it's like a big dog circus, I don't know, big, <laughs> dog, big dog fair. Anybody that wants to see all those games in one time in one place, you need to come to Kalamazoo in June. You would love so, it. So do you register before you get there? Yeah. 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 Or just come up and hang out and check it out. I don't, I think some of them, I don't know if any of them are day of event entries or not. I, I couldn't answer that, but it's, if you, it's something to see. If you want to see all the different dog sports and the opportunities, it, that's, that's all on one location. Oh my gosh. So do they do like big banquets at night or cookouts or. Yeah. Yeah. There's all that going on. They have, there's dog shows under the lights at night. There's, I don't know, there's lots of activity. The campgrounds usually happen. We may be playing a guitar and drinking a beer out there. You know how that goes. Oh, oh, that comes with the dog world. <laughs> yeah. Dogs, good music, cold beer. That's like a given. Oh Yeah. No, it's fun. It's fun. It really so yeah, people, fun. Yeah, How did you me. end up with it, like with your job at the UKC? Because you've had such a cool career. Oh, it's yeah. And I've told people you can't, I don't know. You can't go say when you're in high school, say, I'm going to do what, what Todd does. 
it, I just fell into it, right? So, um, like I said, I grew up in a hunting dog family. As soon as I got my driver's license, I had coon dogs, beagles, you know, duck dogs. I was dog crazy. And I had come to know the owner of United Kennel Club at the time because I was going to coonhound events. And just out, of, I lived in the same county, same small town. And out of the blue, he called me and asked me if I could come over to his house. I assumed he was wanting to, me to feed his horses for the weekend or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I still had my ball uniform on. And uh, he offered me that job. And so it wasn't something you can just say, I'm going to go work there someday. But that was 35 years ago. So it's been, and I've just, that was lucky for me. So it was ideal job for a guy like me yeah i'd say so i mean it's an ideal job for a lot of us you're just the only one that got it well but you got to keep in mind and i tell people this every day it is still an office job right it's still you know it's not just yeah i can bring my dog to work and she may be laying over there in a dog bed and i can wear shorts and flip-flops if i want but it's still office work and you're still you know dealing with customers that are that were at an event last weekend and they're not happy about something or you're dealing with a situation where you got to pull a judge's license or deny points to a dog. So it's not just all, oh, everybody's you know, <laughs> so great. It is still an office job. Yeah, and, but uh, all of us are like so geeked up to have this opportunity or somebody to organize it so that we can be involved in it. You know, like yeah. we just reap the benefits of yeah. everything that you guys and do you know what let's talk let's talk talk too and i know you'll agree with this it's not just ukc it's all of our clubs yeah those club those local dog clubs are the ones that are doing the most work for you the dog owner to go participate it's those clubs that you gotta support you gotta you gotta join them and that they don't just want your 30 dollars. they need help Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. So they want you to come out and help set up for an event or help tear down an event or everybody just take your turn. No one has to do it forever. Get in there and take your turn. Mm-hmm. I, I preach that all the time. It's those are the groups we need to support those local dog clubs. Yeah. Cause the, those people, they commit to it. It's like, it's just like they're calling. And they're just there for right. forever. Yeah. It makes it special. Yeah. And it's a better experience for the dog owner to join a group like of like-minded people like that, whether it's a shed dog club or HRC or, you know, it's, it's, uh, and it's assistance. Like we talked about earlier, there's a lot of people that'll help you. And that's how you get started is by through those local clubs. And there's a lot of people will help you. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, I just remembered the first time I ever went to Wisconsin, I was there for a wing shooting clinic for a group of NAVDA ladies. So through Pheasant Fest, there was all these groups with women who were, who had dogs ready to go, but they didn't have the skills to take them. Yeah. And so I started doing wing shooting clinics there. And the hotel that I stayed at was where all the guys and women for the HRC was staying for nationals. What's their nationals called? Oh, the grand fall. The grand. fall grand yes. That's where I was. I pulled in and I'm like, <laughs> I really like, I really have to choose to go shoot tomorrow or I could go jump in the truck with these guys and go watch dogs all day long, you oh, know, and there's just dogs everywhere and stuff. And I'll never forget. I'm like, how lucky am I? And that was really 
I guess my intro to talking to the guys at the HRC. Yep. Yep. Was yep, that accidental hotel it's, stay. It's so impressive. I can remember going to my first I've been to so many grands now, but the first few that I was at, you come home and you think, my God, my dog doesn't know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Those dogs are so impressive. Oh yeah. And I just met Shannon with the SRS, which I heard her podcast a couple of years ago on the foul life. And I was like, I have to meet this woman because she is my idol. As far as I know, She's probably the most accomplished female in the gun dog world. Oh, she's a go getter. Knowledge, I mean, she's a walking encyclopedia. And I got to hug her yeah. neck at a Yukonuba event last week. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I can't believe I get to meet you. And she's just, you know, she's just normal, like gun dog girl. Yeah, so like she, she is part of our UKC staff now and our on our media team. And that lady can get things done. You know, she she's got star. Great ideas, very artistic, and just a worker. Well, I love that she's created a place for the best of the best to be showcased. Oh, yeah. Like, you'll never forget those dogs. And, and, you know, and it helps people, too, like, figure out what kind of dog they want and the breeding and what kennels to go to and all that stuff. Like, all these games help you figure out what you're looking for because they're all showcased. Yeah, and even even though that one is a competitive, that's that's more field trial format where a, a dog's going to win that day. When I went to my first SRS event, I loved it because you got the pros and the AMs. They're all on the same hunt test site. Everybody's rooting for each other. It's like a big family environment, even though they're competing for money and they're competing for placements. It doesn't feel like it. No. Oh, I think it's because if you actually have dogs on your trailer that are qualified to be there, everybody has so much respect for that price that you paid, you know, and yeah. and what she's done is super cool. And this is how I found out about the SRS. JC was involved with Ducks Unlimited. I mean, she still is in Georgia. She's going to be the chair for. Oh, I UPA. heard that. Yeah. So. I don't know if it's like an official thing, but she got invited to be a youth handler through Ducks Unlimited. So the SRS was reaching out to DU chapters, to the collegiate DU chapters to pair them with the pro and have them come and do their own series. And I told her, I was like, you're so close to Mossy Pond, you better crawl in Brad's (laughs) back pocket, you know, because... You got a chance, like Clark was there back then and Lee was there. I was yeah. like, you just, you follow those boys around wherever they go. But she spelled more into the conservation side, the you know, and, and policy and stuff. But Well, that's good. That's good too. Yeah. She did go. She stayed in Mossy Pond. She's like, I don't know if I want to be that hardcore, but I sure wouldn't mind having a dog in my Jeep, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. No, so many good organizations, like you said, and they're, they've all got people like Shannon and we could talk for hours. If we went right down the list, there's so many people to recognize like her that, you know, a lifetime achievement type things. So many people. Yeah. And once you get into it, you think, where has, where have I been my whole life? Like this has been here and I've been missing (laughs) out. And, you know, whether you end up playing the tournament games or you get involved in the hunt test or whatever, when you make those friends, like it just enriches your life on a new level. 
people get focused. I get that. You get focused and you're, you know, laser focused on this one thing and you don't see the big picture. I get it. I understand it. I probably like that some ways myself, but that's what you're saying. You know, when you finally step back and you say, wow, how come I was, how come I wasn't involved in this 10 years ago? And owe it to yourself to step back, take a look at the big picture, right? And and try them all. See what see what your passion is, or do a little bit of, of everything. I know, I know. Well, we've kind of found our thing, and we've had seasons of it. You know, now that Taylor Bug is, it's her turn. So if she's going to pick the HRC, then we'll sell out to it and make sure we got the right <laughs> dog. Like I like we're we're not getting up this early and traveling these miles to not do good. You know, we're going to be prepared. <laughs> Yeah. whatever that takes um but it just makes it so fun it's like the journey of it and i can't wait for you know we sit around and talk about all the miles we travel with jc and her horse and the hours oh my gosh yeah. so much easier traveling with dogs the practices that she had at night you know one o'clock in the morning <sighs> she's prepping for the show the next day your dog is snuggled up in the bed with you at one o'clock yeah. and you know like <laughs> it's such a different yeah. life it is i don't know if the hounds get to do that but no they're they're in the middle of their work right then you know they're sleeping all day yeah i don't know if they if they bring the hounds in but all the the hunting dogs like i love that it's become more accepted that the hunting dog is a family member oh yeah yeah it's just whatever level you're at right in my dog or my house the dogs are in the house i know your house they are there's some, some, not every kennel can do that when you got 20 short hairs, you know, you can't. can't oh, that's what like Kai that. said last night. He has 12. He had two of them on the couch. <laughs> and I'm like, you have 12 dogs? <laughs> of, your, of your own? Like, how I, do you have room for clients? Well, you're serious. You're, you know, you got breeders and there's different levels for everybody for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I maxed out at six and then I tapered back down to three. Yeah. You know what I did? I, I, I did something crazy. I might have told you. No, I have. I have had two English setters. Just two. You know, okay. for for a while now. But I did something crazy last summer and got an English cocker spaniel puppy. And that's really the okay. Yeah, that's the one type of dog, a flushing dog. I had. I grew up with labs, but I really didn't have any spaniel experience. And I was down in South Georgia hunting with a friend and saw his English cocker female, and I fell in love with her. So I got a puppy off that off that female and gosh i'm having so much fun with this little dog it's it's crazy so but i got her as you know she's her job is to do everything the setters don't do well right she's gonna pick up my ducks she's gonna flush grouse and wilcock in my little tight corner habitat spots or i can't turn that big run and set her loose she's gonna pick up antlers in the spring she's just my little do everything dog so, you know, Randy Lack, that's all he has are those little dogs. Yeah. And we hunted pheasants in Kansas in the middle of a blizzard. I was like, this Georgia girl don't belong out here, you know? Yeah. And his dogs just blew my mind because they would run on top of the snow. they yeah. catch scent. They would jump up and like nosedive down and find those tunnels and then they'd pop up right like they'd follow the tunnel and then all of a sudden there'd be rooster pops up and then here comes the the dog i'm like just (laughs) i know what just happened here (laughs) 
it's they're so fun they're just game for anything they're smart they're uh they're just just makes me laugh every day to deal with that little dog yeah but that's a different speed oh yeah but there again it's experiencing all the different things in the sport you know it was one one type of dog that i hadn't really experienced and now i'm glad i did yeah, that's funny. You come south and pick up a southern dog, and I go north and pick yeah. up one of them. Yeah. yeah, just how that worked out. That is fun. Well, I'm so glad that you educated me more about yeah the UKC and, and how much they do for us as hunters. And, you know, if you do have a hunting dog, you should join because of how much you guys do for us that we're not even aware of. You know, yeah, get, let us let us help you get started in a more active lifestyle with your dog. You get that you get that puppy, and you want to do right any type of working dog activity. We can help you get started. And well, yeah. that's, that's the thing. We're trying to be more than a registry. We want to promote, develop, and promote these lifestyles. You know, active lifestyles with your dog. Right. So yeah, that's and, what we're I, and that's the thing for breeders too. Breeders need to understand how much you're supporting the future of their puppies yeah it all works together it takes a it takes a community right yeah it really does well thank you for spending so much time with me today yeah yeah and, um, let's uh, we'll figure out visit. yeah we'll make a i'm gonna call get a hold of tater let her know about this big dog fair we got going on in june <laughs> she's gonna want to be right in the middle of all that i'm telling you there's a lot going on but no we'll we'll find time to get together get you on the ukc hunting ops podcast um yeah because yeah, i'm maybe. just a fan of the games i love the yeah. game i love spending just the life with the dogs and the dog people i have really thoroughly enjoyed this and there's nothing else i'd rather be doing yeah i agree with you all right. Good luck. All right. Until next time, that was a wrap for All American Wings Unit Podcast with Todd Kellen with the UKC. Papa gave daddy and daddy gave